I want to start this episode out uh, by saying that I have been asking the listeners, you guys, uh, for a lot of feedback lately, for some content ideas, things that you want to hear, um, things that you like and don't like about the show, uh, and you guys have absolutely not disappointed with that. Uh, so with that being said, this whole episode is going to be questions that you guys asked me about whiskey, the podcast, my preferences, anything like that. Uh, and I also want to say that if you don't hear a question that you asked in this episode or if you missed asking the questions and you're like, oh, no, I wish I would have been able to ask one, you can absolutely still send me questions. I will be doing episodes like this whenever I get questions built up or whenever uh, I have time to do them. I'm going to be doing episodes like this where I will answer your guys' questions because I think it's a lot of fun to see maybe points that I've missed or what you guys want to hear, what you're thinking. And uh, I really enjoy seeing the questions that you guys have. So absolutely send more in. Uh, you can send them to me at the email, whiskeynoobspodcast at gmail.com. You can comment on my Instagram or DM me uh, at whiskey underscore noobs. Absolutely get a hold of me and uh, let me know any questions that you guys have. Like I said, it can be about whiskey. It can be about alcohol in general. It can be about the podcast in general. It can be about my life in general or my preferences when it comes to any of those things. Uh, so absolutely don't be afraid to ask any questions. I, I love hearing the questions that you have. So we're going to get to the questions here in a second, but before we get there, I am drinking a whiskey from the whiskey list over the course of the past two months. This has been on the whiskey list at some point, uh, and so I'm going to drink it real quick and give you guys a couple of the notes that I'm getting from it to see if you can guess what it is. Okay, on the nose, this whiskey has a lot of a caramel, maybe a little bit of a cinnamon um, it's a very sweet-smelling whiskey, kind of a bakery-type sweetness, um, a bold sweetness. And on the palate, I would say that you get more of that caramel, a little bit less of the spiciness, maybe the cinnamonness, um, and a little bit of fruitiness on the palate as well. And the finish isn't horribly long. Uh, it's It's a decent finish for sure, but it's not anything to write home about. Uh, but you do get more of that sweetness on the finish, more of that bakery sweetness, and maybe a touch of the fruitiness as well with that. Uh, not horribly dry, not the most oily finish in the entire world, just kind of middle of the road. Uh, so hopefully that's enough for you to guess. I will be telling you at the end of the episode what whiskey I have been drinking this whole episode. But without further ado, we've got some questions to get into. So these questions have come from listeners just like you, uh, and like I said, if you want to submit more for the next episode, absolutely feel free. My first question here, what is the difference between Irish single malt and single pot still? That's a great question because you put single in front of multiple different types of whiskey and it gets a little confusing. It's like, are they related at all? They're actually not. So a single malt whiskey in both Ireland and Scotland actually is a whiskey that's made using just malted barley, just one type of malt. Uh, but that's actually not where it gets the single in its name from. The single comes from it being made at a single distillery. So you could have a malt whiskey that was made using one malt, just malted barley, uh, but made at multiple different distilleries, and then that same exact mash bill, same exact whiskey was blended together and then put into bottles from multiple different barrels, mixed all together, put into bottles, and that would not be a single malt whiskey. A single malt whiskey is made at just one distillery, and that's the end of it. 
Now, a single pot still whiskey, similarly, the single in the name is coming from it being made at a single distillery. But the pot still portion of the name does have something different going on. So it's not just a single malted barley. Uh, With a single pot still whiskey, what you're actually going to have is first it has to be distilled in a pot still. So we've talked before, there's column stills, pot stills, there are multiple different types of stills. This has to be made from a pot still. The other thing is there are rules for the mash bill. So it has to have 30% malted barley and 30% unmalted barley at a minimum. Any combination of those two, as long as they both hit 30%. And then, I don't have it in front of me, but I believe off the top of my head, it's up to 5% of other cereals. Now, I don't have, off the top of my head, I don't remember for sure. Uh, but the point being that it does have a totally different mash build than single malts. They're actually totally different types of whiskey. Uh, you just put single in front of them because they're brewed at a single distillery or distilled at a single distillery. Uh, but that's a really good question because I know the terms, you know, single malt, single barrel, single pot still, all of those are really confusing when you're first getting into it. Um, and they all have their own rules that they have to abide by in order to be considered that. Uh, so it's difficult to keep them straight. That's so a really good question. The next question, um, a little bit more just about me and my preferences. If I could have one whiskey for the rest of my life, just this one whiskey, what would it be? This is a tough one. And I was thinking about this a lot. So what's tough for me is that I really enjoy, I'm not like just a bourbon guy or just a scotch or just an Irish guy. I like all the whiskeys so much. So it's really tough for me to pick one that's from one of those categories and drink that for the rest of my life. Now, if I had to drink one type of whiskey for the rest of my life, I'm probably, ooh, now, I haven't had Pappy Van Winkle. You might recall that that is on my bucket list. But I have had Old Rip Van Winkle. And that is an excellent, excellent bourbon. Which is it's similar to Pappy. They're related. Same distillery. That's a tough one. I, I want to say Old Rip Van Winkle. But then also half of me is like I really like Red Breast 12. I really like a lot of Irish whiskeys as well. And then there's also the McAllen, which is another good one. See, I like every category. <laughs> this is this is difficult. Um, if you're going to put a gun to my head right now, knee-jerk reactions, probably going to be Old Rip Van Winkle. But I bet if I've had Pappy that it might be Pappy because maybe Pappy is super overhyped. But I know Old Rip Van Winkle was delicious. So that might be the one that I would have to pick as of right now. Uh, now, I have had other whiskeys, and I'm just... This is coming completely off the top of my head. Uh, I actually, I'll show the camera in case I make a video of this, my notes here. I don't have answers written down. I'm just coming up with this off the top of my head. So have mercy on me if I forgot a really good one. But that that's my knee-jerk reaction. Probably a bourbon. Um, I don't want to say that I like bourbons more than the other two categories because that's just not true. I like all three of them so much. Like, uh... I could probably rank the categories if you put a gun to my head, but I'd really not want to. But the thing with a bourbon is you specifically asked one for the rest of my life. And I just feel like bourbons have a really welcoming flavor where they can be complex, but also not hard on your palate. Now, I've mentioned that uh, Red Breast 12 is the same way, and it is. But uh, bourbons have a little bit more bold of a flavor. And they can are also kind of easy to sip sometimes, depending on the bourbon, obviously. So... I. I'm leaning towards the old Rip Van Winkle because I know that it's easy to drink. I know that it's not going to weigh my palate down. And I also know that it's very complex, very good. Uh, 
So that's probably going to be my decision. But man, would that be miserable. As somebody who's got, I have no idea how many whiskeys sitting on my shelf downstairs, I would not want to have to have one for the rest of my life. But that that would probably be my decision. Whew. That's a tough one. Thank you. That put me on the spot, man. I, I'm still unsure about my answer, but that's the answer you're going to get for now. Okay. What is my favorite Canadian whiskey? Now, this is a really good question because of the fact that you may have noticed, and that might be where this question came from. I haven't had any Canadian whiskeys or Japanese whiskeys on the show. The reasoning behind that is that I have very limited experience in those two categories. I do intend to have them on the show, without a doubt. Uh, but in the past, if I've been spending a little bit of money on some whiskey, my knee-jerk reaction is, hey, this is a popular one. I've heard a lot about this one. I want to try it. I, I still haven't mustered up enough money to get through all of the staples. I mean, there are people out there who focus just on bourbon because there's just so many types of bourbon. There are people out there who do that same for scotch and for Irish and for all the categories. They just like that category, and they are total experts on it. And that's because each category has just a plethora of different types of whiskeys. So with that being said, I don't have enough experience in the Canadian whiskey category, I don't think, to make an informed decision. But I will tell you the Canadian whiskey that I've drank the most, and that's Crown Royal. They have some pretty awesome flavorings. I'm actually probably going to do an episode on a mixed drink coming up soon using uh, Crown Royal. So that that would probably be my decision just because of my limited experience. And I've never claimed to be the whiskey guru that knows everything about all the types of whiskey and has tried all of them because I think it's a lot more approachable to be me who doesn't really have a favorite Canadian whiskey because I haven't had enough different kinds. Uh, I think that makes it a little bit more approachable, a little bit easier for everybody to listen to. Maybe it doesn't, maybe it does. But that that is the absolute truth is I've had Canadian whiskeys. I've had uh, Japanese whiskeys. I couldn't tell you all the ones I've had off the top of my head, but it's not a lot. It's not a very long list. So my favorite Canadian whiskey is stuck at Crown Royal right now, probably just from the ignorance of not having tried more of them. Full transparency. Okay. The next question, what is the purpose of having a big block of ice versus normal ice? This is a great question because this is one that I totally didn't know for a long time until I really got into the hobby, obviously. Uh, But back when it was like I would drink mixed whiskey, didn't really do tastings or anything like that. I was like, is this just to look cool? We've got a big block. You've got a big sphere. Uh, You've got glasses now that will freeze the ice in a wedge so that it's just like a, a wedge formation. The whiskey sits on top of it. So what's the purpose of those? The purpose, as I understand it, and in practice that I've used it for, uh, is to keep from watering down your whiskey. So the idea is that you have this big block of ice that has, you know, let's just say X cubic inches of ice. So it's it's X amount cold total if you were to melt the whole thing, right? Uh, there's a lot less area touching the whiskey than if you were to have that same amount of ice, but all crunched up into uh, a, like like pellets or just crushed ice, that less surface area lets it to or helps it to melt not as quickly, and not water your whiskey down as much. But you still get that cold effect, and you still get some of that water because water does release flavors in some whiskeys. Some people say it's a myth. Some people say it's not. I think it does. I think it at least changes the palate at the very least. Uh, so you do get a little bit of that water, and you do get your whiskey co- cooled down, but it's not so much that your whiskey gets totally watered down. Because sometimes you'll have a whiskey, especially if it's been sitting at room temp like I keep all my whiskeys, 
then you'll have a whiskey and you'll put it on ice. And before you know it, it tastes more like you're drinking water, especially if you're like having a conversation, you're not paying a lot of attention to the whiskey that you're drinking before you know it, it seems like you're just drinking water and it's kind of a waste. Uh, so this is, this, this is meant to curb that a little bit. And I would say that it definitely, uh, also looks cool. So, I mean, there's that aspect of it for sure. And some of it is probably a gimmick. Uh, it might be overplayed a little bit, I should say. It's not a gimmick. It works, but it might be overplayed a little bit. But that is the reason behind it, and I recommend it. I mean, try it both ways and see which one you like more, but I definitely think that you get it cooled down, probably not as much using the big block of ice because of the fact the ice isn't melting as much and not putting as much coldness, if if you will, into the whiskey. I know coldness isn't a word, but that is the overarching reason why people do that. Last but certainly not least, what is my favorite whiskey to make an old-fashioned? This is a good question because I almost never talk about mixed drinks on here, although that is going to change in the coming episodes. I will be talking about mixed drinks a bit more. My favorite whiskey to make an old-fashioned, I'm not, I'm on the edge again. This is like the old Rip Van Winkle because of the fact that there's so many that give you different types of old fashions. Now, an old fashioned traditionally is made with either bourbon or rye. A lot of people will tell you actually that you use rye for an old fashioned. I would say I like it better with bourbon. I think it has better flavors when you use bourbon. Um, a rye old fashioned is going to make it a little bit dry. I just had a rye old fashioned with bullet rye over the weekend, actually. I do mix my drinks sometimes, I promise. Uh, and it was, uh, it was good, and it is a little bit more dry. But when I'm trying to have an old-fashioned or when I'm trying to have any mixed drink, it's usually because I don't want it super dry. If I want my mouth dried out, I'll just drink a whiskey or I'll drink a drier whiskey for sure. So usually I'm going to lean more towards the bourbon than the rye. Which specific bourbon? I know in the past I've used Maker's 46 to make my old-fashions. I made quite a few with Maker's 46. And I remember really liking that. I don't actually have any. It's, it's Maker's Mark 46. I don't actually have any on my shelf downstairs. Um, that's a great question, though. I also really like, I had uh, at a restaurant, actually, I actually put it on the Instagram. I had an orange blossom old-fashioned that was made with bullet uh, bourbon, not rye. And it was really good as well. Um, bullet I think is good because it has a lot of rye in the mash bill. It's not technically high rye, uh, but it does have a lot of rye in the mash bill. So you still get those rye flavors a little bit, but it, it's the bourbon base to it. So that tastes really good. So I might have to say the bullet, uh, for, you know, a mid range. I don't like to use something really expensive for my cocktails. If I'm going to drink something really expensive, I'm probably just going to drink it. Um, but for my cocktails, I like to keep it towards the middle shelf and I'll probably lean towards bullet for that reason bullet bourbon um bullet's been a staple for me for a while it's it's easy to drink not super overly expensive um now i don't think i've made an old-fashioned with a with buffalo trace but i imagine that would be delicious just based on the flavor profile that i get from buffalo trace however it's so hard to come by buffalo trace in the store that i probably wouldn't bring myself to do that i love drinking buffalo trace just straight uh, it's just such a good whiskey. So that's a long answer to a short question. I'm thinking probably Bullet. I know for sure I enjoyed it with Makers 46. Uh, but if you're trying to get a little bit of knowledge from this, my uh, nugget of knowledge out of that super long-winded answer uh, would be that use either bourbon or rye. And if you're in the mood for 
something a little bit more dry, use rye whiskey. Uh, a little bit more dry, but a little bit more spicy flavors. Um, if you're looking for something a little bit more smooth and bold, not necessarily smooth. Smooth is a word that's used for many different things. If you're looking for something a little bit more bold, but probably a little bit more sweet, um, I would go with a bourbon for that, which is what I typically do. Because if I'm drinking a mixed drink, I probably want it to be sweet. I probably don't want it to be uh, dry. If I want it to be dry, I'll just drink rye whiskey. That's my answer to that question, um, and hopefully that helps you out because there's nothing worse than making a cocktail and then realizing you don't like it, and you just wasted all that whiskey, especially if you're making it with whiskey that costs a good bit of money. So that is the tip that I would give you would be keep it on lower shelf until you really know what you're doing with making cocktails uh, and decide what experience you want from your old-fashioned. Do you want it to be dry? Do you want it to be sweet? Um, there are people who drink you know, dry cocktails. You have dry martinis all the time. But you just want to keep that in mind because I remember the first time I made an old-fashioned with rye, I remember taking a sip and being like, whoa, this doesn't take, taste like an old-fashioned made with bourbon. It is a great way to see the difference between rye and bourbon, though, because you will notice it pretty quickly. <laughs> so that would be my answer to that question. And thank you for that question. That's another really good one because I don't talk about cocktails a lot. And like I said, that's going to change moving forward. All of these were great questions. Um... I hope that I covered the entirety of the question that you wanted me to answer. If I did not, then submit it again. Be a little bit more specific if you want and let me know, hey, you missed this. I wanted you to say this and you didn't. But like I said, if you have any more questions on top of that, shoot them to me on my email or on Instagram and I'll get back to you uh, for sure. Most likely on an episode, if not, just shooting you a quick message back uh, if it's not something that you know is meant to be on an episode. But if it is, then I will absolutely put it on the episode, and you'll get to hear your question answered right through the podcast. But without further ado, I am drinking a whiskey, and I do need to give you some more notes before I tell you what it is. Now, I know in the past from this whiskey, I have gotten some slightly different notes, but I'm not going to tell you what they are because I don't want to give it away. So right now, the notes that I'm getting from it are stronger caramel than I normally do. I'm getting a lot of caramel. Uh, maybe a bit of a honey flavor, definitely those like that syrupy sweetness. Um, so I would say caramel, I would say honey, maybe a touch of molasses. It's got a boldness to it. This isn't like a pale sweetness, like I mentioned before. And I don't know if there's a better descriptor than pale sweetness, but hopefully you get what I'm saying when I say pale sweetness, because I don't know, to me, it makes sense. At any rate, um, I'm getting a lot of caramel from this. There's definitely fruity undertones. They're not on the surface. It's not like, wow, this is super fruity. Uh, but there are fruity undertones to it, and mostly a lot of caramel, though, I would say. Um, now, before I give you the answer, I do want to plug the TikTok real quick. It is Whiskey Noobs Podcast is my TikTok. So make sure to look me up. I've been posting a lot of videos lately, having a lot of fun on there. Uh, and that's another way to get in touch with me, another way to interact with the show and, you know, control my content a little bit. Tell me what you want to hear, what you want to see, what you want me to do. So uh, make sure you're following me on TikTok if you're not already. It's a lot of fun. Uh, and it's it's a little bit more lighthearted, a little bit less serious than the podcast. The podcast not being super serious, but I'm answering real questions. I'm not joking around the whole time. So uh, it's a little bit more joking, a little bit less serious. And that makes some people very angry, I've learned on TikTok, but that's okay. Uh, so if you like what we're doing with the show, make sure to follow us on TikTok. That way you can get little tidbits of content in between the long podcast episodes. 
The whiskey that I am drinking today, I said it has caramel notes. I think I said there's a little bit of spiciness in the beginning, uh, syrupy sweetness. Um, definitely a little bit of oakiness I'll throw in there last minute. Maybe that'll give it away for you. Maybe it won't. I am drinking Buffalo Trace. Uh, so this has been on the show, uh, I think, three times in the past two months. If you count like two months in a week, I think it's been on the show three times. Uh, and it's because I absolutely love this whiskey. It's really hard to find, which is why I try to limit the amount that I talk about it. I know a lot of people will talk about it a ton. And it's so hard to come by. Uh, but if you find it, please buy it. I mean, seriously, if you, it's $26, at least uh, where I'm at. If you find it, you should definitely buy it if you like bourbons. It just has all of the best characteristics of a bourbon, in my opinion, and it's so easy to drink. Uh, so that is just a, a total plug for Buffalo Trace bourbon. Every time I revisit it, I'm reminded how good it is and why it's so hard to find. It might be a little bit overrated just because it has a sheer huge amount of hype behind it. Uh, but if you get rid of all the hype, it is an excellent, excellent whiskey for the price. So if you see it in your local store grab it. Uh, don't let it slip through your fingers. That is something that that is the number one advice that I want to give you from this episode, probably. But that's all I've got for this episode. Uh, I know it was a little bit quicker of an episode. I didn't know how long I was going to ramble on all these questions, so I didn't want to get too carried away. Uh, but I think we kept it at a decent time. So hopefully that answers all your guys' questions. Thank you so much for participating. I've gotten emails. I've gotten comments. Thank you so much. Um, I will be posting more on my story where giving you the opportunity on the Instagram story to click the question button and send me questions. So keep an eye out for that. If you get a chance, if you see it, then you're probably going to want to ask a question because it only lasts about 24 hours. So keep an eye out for those. Uh, but that's all that I've got for the episode today. Thank you for listening to this episode of Whiskey Noobs. If you like the show, make sure to help spread the word by introducing friends, coworkers, or anyone that you think would be interested. If you haven't already, make sure you subscribe to the show on your favorite streaming platform, rate the show, review the show, and follow on Instagram at whiskey underscore noobs to stay up to date. If you want, you can join the email list by sending an email to whiskeynoobspodcast at gmail.com. You'll then be updated every month on what whiskeys I'll be drinking on the show so you can drink right along with me and review it as we go. Thanks again for listening to the Whiskey Noobs Podcast. Learn to drink, drink to learn. The Whiskey Noobs podcast does not support underage or otherwise irresponsible consumption of alcohol.